The National Blowout League is in full effect. The Thunder are up 133-73 to 73 on the Blazers right now. If only we knew Five. a team that was going to blow the other team out. I mean, right? yeah. That, well, you know what? There is somebody that thought they would cover themselves and be more than comfortable throwing $750. I saw this on Twitter. $750 on the Celtics plus 24 and a half at minus 4500 They didn't cover. He lost $750 to win $16, and they lost by 33 People that put that much money on a stupid spread with horrible odds like that, a terrible price to make a tiny little bit of money, deserve to lose every single time. It's just the worst decision ever. The Blazers are currently 55.5-point dogs over at BetMGM. I've never seen it. What was the largest spread in an NBA game you've ever seen? Is it that? Like pre-flop? No, that. Oh, like live. in-game? Yeah. I think this is it. Yeah, that's, I don't... 55 and a half. That's, Remember two years ago when I told you guys to... 57 uh, and a half now. It just changed it again. To take a team against... Uh, I remember it was against the Wizards, and Josh Hart was still on the Blazers at this point. And I'd been taking the Blazers, uh, or whoever played the Blazers, against the spread every single quarter. Whatever the number was, I'm going to continue to play it. They won't cover numbers. They're horrible. And then I put, like, this was when I was doing the whole, like... Let me play more than my normal unit when I feel really confident, which yeah. is maybe the worst decision that you could possibly do in an NBA setting. And I put like 10 units on the Wizards to remember, don't bet on the Wizards. Don't bet on the Wizards. To cover against the Blazers. I think the number was like, I don't know, 15 and a half. And Josh Hart, I think, had a career high. And I think he had 47. And they beat the Wizards straight up. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. That was oh. like, man. I, I've never had good luck though betting the Wizards or on the or against the Wizards. Forty four yes. points. Wow. Literally March thirteenth, twenty twenty two, Josh Hart, career forty four points with the Wizards. What a memory. One time I bet against it's, the team, I don't even remember who it was in the bubble Lost and Austin, Austin Reeves dropped like forty against me. That's when I was like, All right, I'm done. That was when I was still <laughs> betting with the with your stuff, Ryan. Oh. Yeah. Horvat.org. Horvat.org. When it's like you, Horvatsportsbook.org. You owe Jose Posada, Jorge Posada, $700. Great catcher. Speaking (laughs) of Jorge Posada, how about Marcus Stroman to the Yanks? Your uncle. Two-year deal. That's always a great pickup for June and July. Mm -hmm. Now, no expectations in August. I uh, I don't hate that for the Yanks, though. I was actually a little bit surprised to see. And it could always, like, they can move them. Um by the deadline, but the Brewers are bringing back Corbin Burns. Wow. I thought Corbin Burns was going to be a Yankee. I still think Corbin Burns by uh, midway point will be a Yankee. Because, I mean, you can't go into the season with... Well, like, okay, so you got Garrett Cole's your number one. Stroman's your number two. How do you feel about the Yanks this year after bringing in Juan Soto? Desperate. I mean, not good. I think it's... You know how you're like, I know what your type is. You know those guys that always date girls with like what do they call them, plus twos, like mm-hmm. bad ones with fake tans and, like, blonde, fake blonde hair. Yeah, they're Just like very orange. glitzy. Yeah, glitzy, mm-hmm. glamoury, lots of makeup, contouring. Mm-hmm. It's like that's the kind of girl you like. That's like the Yankees. The Yankees go after a girl or a player that's flashy, splashy, maybe at some point was meaningful to some team in a smaller market, and they overpay or they try to go on the cheap for role players – and it doesn't work out either because they mentally can't handle it, uh, because they're physically no longer there, and there's holes in the roster. And then you've got like boomer bust situations, like the run differential was terrible, 
I think their on-base percentage for the last few years has been relatively awful. I want to say, like, worst in the league. Yeah. So that's the Yankees for you, and I don't think Juan Soto fixes that. Uh, and I certainly don't think that Marcus Stroman fixes that. I don't hate the rotation as much as I did last year, though. So it'll right. be Garrett Cole. It'll be And, and you got to remember Carlos Rodon, obviously, who got hurt last year. Nestor Cortez, Clark Schmidt. Is Rodon ever going to be back to himself? I mean, that's the big question right there. Did he have love, an elbow issue? Yeah, and I don't love yeah. the bullpen. Clay Holmes. Clay Holmes is a disaster. Ian Hamilton, Victor Gonzalez. So we'll see. I, I think they got to add a couple arms, but yeah. It's I just, like I like cheering against the Yanks anyway. Yeah, so same. many so many teams last year. I mean, I understand that we saw the Rangers do what they did. They spent a lot of money, but so many of those teams spending big money, early playoff exits, missing the playoffs. Just I I look. I understand that you still give yourself a chance, and like in New York, you can't rebuild. Like you just really can't if you're the Yankees. Well, the Mets no, you can get away with have. it because yeah. everybody expects the Mets to lose. Yeah. But if you're the Yankees, you just you can't rebuild. It doesn't work that way. But man, if you screw up or it doesn't work with somebody you spend a lot of money on. In free agency, you set yourself back. And I know they can keep spending, as we've seen what the Dodgers were able to do, but the Dodgers could lose in the divisional round again next year. I will say, say, though, that um, Stroman's going to be extra motivated, at least for the first couple months of the season, because that's where he's wanted to be for years. He wanted to be a Yankee. He's always wanted to be a Yankee. Yeah, but what about the media? He's mentally weak, yeah. I'm sorry to say. Yeah, not, he, not a fan of that. He'll, he'll be go, he hasn't been on social media since, like, July, which yeah. is probably a good thing. Probably yeah. a good thing. Remember yeah. he went out and yeah. was, like, calling everybody racist? Yeah, he fired my aunt and, like, half my family. Oh, he fired her? <laughs> yeah. Oh. When? Yeah. Um, like, August, I think? No! Yeah, oh, I didn't he got know that. Hurt. Yeah, that's yeah. terrible. Yeah, so she opened up her own restaurant. That's what I was talking about. Oh, so that's the restaurant that she opened up? I thought you had another entrepreneurial No. Is aunt. the restaurant called Not Strowman's or F. Strowman's? <laughs> no, she still likes them. They still get along. It wasn't like he fired her, but he was like, yeah, I don't really need a personal chef living with me anymore. Mm. So, yeah. So now I could cheer against him and tweet things like, oh, that's a good pickup for June and July. <laughs> Two years ago? No, no. No. He was. He was. Yeah, I'm we were considering him. He was keeping him. us in Gucci, so yeah. I'd be nice. Now, <laughs> screw him. We need a new baseball player. Justin Steele, you like chicken tenders, bud? What about out here? Get some gnats. You know, I can't name three of them. That's the no, problem. I know. Probably. Yes, there's not. Really I am more many. excited though about the gnats than I am the Mets. I'm not gonna lie to you. Hey, they were actually kind of fun the they second were. half of the season. The They're Nats. a fun, scrappy team. It's going to take a couple years, though, to really still get that. I mean, Mike Rizzo is doing the same thing for the Nationals now that he did last time. And it's build up that that just that core of youth yep. and hope that it hits. But I like C.J. Abrams a lot. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me Victor too. Robles, I like a lot. Noah, like Gray, Noah Gray yep. was you know one of their bigger pickups and with the trade with the Dodgers when they sent Scherzer and Trey Turner out there. Yeah. Or Josiah, that's what I said. What did I say? Josiah Gray. What did I say? Noah Gray? Noah. Jeez, I got football on my Kansas mind. City. Chief. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's, it's wacky wild card wild weekend. Wacky dude. wild card super weekend. I got to say. Or the other pitch. No, it's McKenzie. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, right? I, <laughs> I also have to read this out loud right now. Sorry, ADD kicking in. But some major steam on Dabo Sweeney in the past few hours. This yes. tweet. To Alabama. I need Bet it. online. Yeah. So Kalen DeBoer is now minus 200 to become Alabama's next head coach. Sark 4-1. to one, Lane 5-1. to one, Mike Norvell 10-1. to one. Dabo even money. I think it's going to be Dabo. I think it's going to be Dabo too because but here's the thing. Is that a good choice? No. And right. no, he's never going to adjust. He's not going to yeah. he doesn't like NIL. He doesn't like the transfer. These players portal. are going to transfer immediately. The Alabama fans, I mean, they're already they're like anybody but Dabo. Did you see them? They're outside yeah. of the stadium chanting anybody but Dabo and or I agree. something like and that. And I need if anybody out there has any inside information, please DM me. I will Venmo you. Who punched Dabo in the face? I need to know and I need to congratulate and then 
Maybe uh, meet this person. But he wants out he of the He definitely AC. got stuck in the face. He though. wants out of the ACC. It felt. It feels like his time at Clemson is starting to just dwindle. You know what I mean? It, the magic's gone there. It's not what it was when he had Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson. It doesn't feel like the same program anymore. Florida State's going to do everything they can to get out of the ACC. So I bet you if you're Dabo, he's pushing hard for this. And that's really what they need. They need somebody that's going to come in and push hard for this job and want it, knowing that you're going to always be in the shadow of Nick Saban. And you know what? Dabo may only be there for a few years. And then somebody comes in, swoops in as the hero to rescue them from Dabo, who couldn't live up to Nick Saban's expectations, because that's all he's ever going to hear is, well, Nick did it this way, and Saban did it this way, and we got to do it this way, and he wants to do it his way. It's not going to work if it's Dabo Sweeney. I agree. I'd, I would do anything for Kalen DeBoer if I was an Alabama uh, backer AD booster. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and now would be the time for Kalen DeBoer to move on. I mean, Sark has Ewers and that team coming back. Dan Lanning had a hell of a squad coming back. Even Lane Kiffin. I mean, Ole Miss is 11-1 to to win the national title. Where with Kalen DeBoer, the reason Washington was so good this year is you had the uh, COVID super seniors. All those guys are gone. You lose all those NFL mm-hmm. wide receivers and you lose Michael Penix. I would just move on right now. And um, I think he'd be great there. I, I really agree. Do. do you think that SEC fan base, given that really Kalen DeBoer has only been in the spotlight for them, you know, obviously the Pac-12, we've known his name uh, since he got there, but it feels like the SEC is their own little bubble. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they'd be cool with it and everybody would be fine with it just because it's not Dabo. Right. Like, nobody wants Dabo. They don't even really want him at Clemson right now. I mean, that's Not why Tyler I almost feel like least. if you're Alabama, it's better to do that, knowing he's like the sacrificial lamb that won't last as long. Because nobody's going to live up to Nick Saban's expectations. I, I really think that there is Alabama takes a step back for a few years. Yeah, and the SEC really is going to be completely different now. Yeah, you, you have know, Texas, Texas and you Oklahoma. Have Oklahoma coming over. Yeah, yeah. It I, may be a rough stretch for Alabama fans over the next few years. I just texted Peach. How much... On a scale of 1 to 10, do you not want Dabo? I think he kind of wants Dabo. And he goes, no, I want DeBoer. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, yeah. yeah, well, he wants DeBoer. Of course. But yeah, I, I, he said a good amount do not want him. When Tommy Reese's name's getting brought up, I feel like that's just the worst-case scenario right there. Mm-hmm. As much as I would hate Dabo as my head coach, anything over Tommy Reese. I'm not even sure that Tommy Reese is a very good yeah. play caller. I just, listen, this may be a wake-up call for that program, realizing that they're not just going to be able to pull anybody they want. And it's not that it's not a good program, it's that... Going in and following Nick Saban is really, really a difficult task. Somebody's got to either be like Dion and just not give a damn, or you know, it's going to be somebody that this is like this is a step up for them. Give me and that. if it doesn't work, oh well, I got to coach at Alabama. I would kill to see Dion go there. Oh, I, I think he would actually do pretty good as long as he would surround himself with smart football people. Which you know, I mean, you can't replace your play caller like Week Nine. You can't be like Sean Lewis. You're not calling plays anymore. Yeah. Then the offense scores two touchdowns the next two weeks, but. Dion can recruit with the best of them. I mean, he flipped Travis Hunter, and Travis mm-hmm. Hunter, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, And you probably get Shador. You definitely get Shador, too, and I'll take Shador over Jalen Milrow any single day. Dion would be an excellent hire there. Yeah, no chance that they do that, though. And that's even Too like, much racism. Like, and I don't even think, be I don't honest. Even think, I don't even think like Lane, because I think Saban's going to have some say in this hire, obviously. And the way that he runs his program, it's like Bill Belichick. It's military-like. And I just can't see, like, an, like an, I almost said an organization. That's pretty much what college football is. But yeah. I can't see a program going program. from program. Nick Saban to Lane Kiffin. You know, Lane Kiffin reminds me of the dude in summer school, like Mark Harmon. Yeah. Kind of, you know what I mean? Like, he he's shows not up a in, like, a Hawaiian person. shirt. His girlfriend's, like, 26 years old. <laughs> yeah. And he's matured a lot. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, and remember they kicked him off. They, like, left him off oh, the bus. Left they just left him <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. Also, um, about Norvell, so it looks like the NCAA is going to – 
levy some unprecedented penalties for NIL-related violations by Florida State, including not only a three-game suspension for one of these assistant coaches, which does not matter, but there's some sort of disassociation from this booster collective and a booster. So I don't think it's meaningful, but like if if Norvell is yeah. uncomfortable by the NCAA breathing down his neck, maybe he wants to go to a program that is yeah. uh, completely absolved from any guilt ever from the NCAA in Alabama. And let's also not forget that he was just the head coach, is the head coach of a program that just went 12-0 and and still yeah. didn't make it to the yeah, college exactly. football playoff, right? The disrespect is going to be crazy. Yeah, and Which, they can't get out of the ACC And that's they, the thing. They, yeah. You notice they were really pushing hard yeah. to get out of the ACC after everything that happened with the college football playoff. Yeah. Yeah. See, I actually like Mike Norvell. I, I tweeted Peej about or tweeted. I texted him, and he said he thinks he'd be out after three years. Well, wow. I think like whoever f- comes after Saban, regardless of whether they win a national championship or not, will be out in three years. Yes. Oh. It will be a short-lived job for whoever is no going to be there next. Unless you go matter. undefeated and you stomp out every single other opponent. Because you basically have to exceed Nick Saban expectations because you'll be compared to, no matter what, yeah. what Nick Saban did. It's got to be glaringly obvious that you had an even better season than last year was. Yeah. And if you come in the first year and there's any sense of struggle and maybe a couple guys have transferred and the talent pool's dwindled just a little bit, and I know it's Alabama, so the talent's always going to be deep, but that could be a team that loses three games next year. Oh, man. Coming off of what Saban did now, and then you're going to lose three games, let's say? Yeah. They'll eat you alive. Oh, eat man. you alive in Tuscaloosa. They were calling for Saban's head on yes! the Paul Feinbaum show yeah. during like a 10-2 and two season. What do you think they're going to do to Kalen DeBoer if he goes 9-3 and three or 8-4 and four in a brand new SEC? I really thought Dan Lanning was going to take the job. It would have made perfect sense. I know why he didn't, though. Like, Oregon is built to win right now. You have Dylan Gabriel coming over. You have Dante Moore as his backup. And then Unlimited an hour ago, too. they just flipped Texas A&M transfer. Evan Stewart, who I think is one of the better wide receivers in the country. And Dan Lanning is so damn good at recruiting mm-hmm. and the transfer portal. Like, that's what that video was. What a perfect video. Yep. Hey, I'm not leaving. You worried about your coach leaving, even though I was probably considering leaving? Come here. And... uh you know, 22 hours later, they get one of the better wide receiver transfers. So. It's 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 free agency it. without a salary cap in college football now. And it's evened out the playing field. It's allowed for a lot more parity. And it takes some of these premier jobs. And it doesn't, it doesn't take away the history or the luster or what they've been able to accomplish as a program for yeah. so many years. But in reality, going to Alabama isn't the end-all, be-all anymore. Coaching at Oregon is a great job now. And in the past, Dan Lanning... Had this been five years ago, probably yeah. leaving and going to Alabama. Not now. No, sir. I mean, I think we're going to clean up, get a lot of transfers. Mm-hmm. Maybe some from Alabama, honestly. There's, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure Georgia is ready to poach. Texas is ready to poach. Oklahoma's ready. Whoever. They're all ready to go in there, and they're ready to poach anybody they can from Alabama right now. They already lost one stud wide receiver. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. I still can't believe Nick Saban retired just out of the blue like that. Plies loves the Dan Lanning decision to stay. That's good to rapper. Yeah. I haven't heard from Plies in forever. Jeez, it's Bet MGM tonight. The Portland Trailblazers lost by 62 points tonight. So damn, you couldn't even live bet them at 55 and a half. They didn't it, even cover. I saw it get to hey, 15. Zeus. I saw it get to 59 and a half. Yeah, it's man. the fifth fifth largest loss for a team in NBA history, and. The second largest, which is crazy, second largest loss in franchise history for the Blazers. I, I mean, they lost by 62, and they've lost by more before. It's 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 insane to think. I mean, just tonight's game. Tonight's game suck, guys. They're awful. I mean, they're terrible. Milwaukee won by 33. 
Portland lost by 62. The Knicks are only down 11 now, so I guess at least we have that. And then already the Suns are up 11 on the Lakers. The National Blowout League was in full effect tonight. Yeah, it was, and thankfully we've had tremendous conversations and lots of news to keep Damn us, straight. Yeah. To keep Damn us viable and, and engaged because uh, my plop, props are, have flopped. <laughs> well, let's not think about that. Let's think about the fact that Darius Slay says he's going to play Monday night for the uh, the Eagles. That's a big, big, big important thing for them because they got a lot of injuries. Jalen Hurts was limited in practice today. Said he's going to feel, you know, he's feeling better. Uh, Reed Blankenship, their safety. Sidney Brown also were out of practice. A.J. Brown wasn't practicing. A lot of injuries for the Eagles, a team that just cannot win a football game anymore, going on the road to Tampa as three-point favorites. Yeah, the thing that I'm concerned about is Tampa's offense. And I know that the secondary for the Eagles is horrible. I get that. But the pass rush is still pretty good. They can get after the quarterback. We saw Baker Mayfield look really, really bad when they played the Eagles. And I know it's a different team, and there's more injuries and whatever has happened over the course of the year that's made the Eagles just straight buns. But I just saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers put up nine points. I don't know how they're going to score more. Mm. And the weather's not supposed to be good. Yeah, like if Baker's fully healthy, maybe I look at Tampa. And like I said, yeah, I agree. I mean, like the Eagles aren't trending very well right now, especially on the defensive side of the ball. The defense is bad, bad. And I think a lot of that has to do with the losses, losing C.J. Gardner-Johnson, you don't have very good linebackers in coverage, but also like Matt Patricia taking on a bigger role is never a good thing, in my opinion. <laughs> we're definitely seeing that. And I think that we're starting to learn Jonathan Gannon, really good. And Shane Steichen, really good. Awesome. Where would yeah. the Colts be this season if he wasn't calling plays and he wasn't their head coach? They definitely probably wouldn't have been alive last week for a playoff spot. And, you know, I mean, they've had injuries. Like Jalen right now obviously isn't 100%, but I still think he'll be fine in this game. I just... What, like, what do you think they get from A.J. Brown? He's not going to be 100%. He's not yep. going to be himself. But can he at least move around? Can he at least give you six, seven receptions see, like, in this game this against is, this Tampa secondary? This is, why, this is why it's so tempting to fade the Eagles in this game. Just because of they've already been playing horrible football, and you have all these injuries. And now Baker Mayfield did not practice in the first, like, officially listed practice injury report that's out there. Yeah. But that same thing happened last week, and he played, and now there's obviously another injury, so you have to deal with that. But... Th- the, the Bucks are in a spot where they're playing with house money, and they just don't... Like, we've seen this time and time again. These teams that get into the playoffs really shouldn't be there, but they won their division, so we're like, well, guess got to give them a playoff spot somewhere. At home, they play well in these games. Didn't Philly play Tampa, like, two years ago in the first round of the playoffs? Yep. Remember, that was, uh, was Jalen. Yeah, it was Jalen and yeah. Tom Brady, mm-hmm. and they, they gave Tampa a really good fight, and now they go into Tampa as as a favorite. So I'm curious what you guys are going to do with Baker Mayfield's uh, passing prop, because on one hand, like we've been saying, uh, Philadelphia's secondary is very gettable. uh, But on the other hand, we know what's up with Baker Mayfield. He doesn't look great uh, in terms of his health. 232 and a half minus 115 both ways. I probably would go under, right? I mean, I just, like, I don't trust Tampa Bay at all. I know mm-hmm. the Eagles right now are beat up, but Tampa Bay was 3-7 and seven this season against teams with a winning record. Yeah. 1-5 against playoff teams. And we saw this matchup. And I know the Eagles were a little bit healthier, but it was a 25-11 to 11 game. The Eagles had a 10-point lead going into the half. And remember in the second half, Tampa Bay barely had the ball. The Eagles just ran the ball mm-hmm. right down their throats. I kind of see it going down the same way. Same. Like, I get why Tampa's tempting the way that the Eagles are playing. And I'm going to fade the Eagles most likely next week or the week after if, you know, they're able to get to another round, if they're able to get to the NFC Championship game. But I don't know. I don't trust Todd Bowles. If Baker's healthy, it's a different story. Man, he's got two injuries. Right. <laughs> I, it just, 
Scott, how are you feeling as an Eagles fan? How do you, how are your people feeling? <sighs> Torn. Yeah. Torn. Weird that Slay is poof. Yeah. Coming back. The Hurts thing, and I heard a lot of other smart people. Wait, I thought this. Yeah. I thought he was like mm, like season ending. Yeah. But at now it's like uh, uh, season hey, ending. Hey, it's me. Hi, uh, I'm I'm playing Monday. Said he's feeling great. It's like the guy that ghosted you, and then he just like and you guys used to move. Hey, look it. who's back at the table. And he yeah. like he's li- he's like literally on the couch when you come home, and you're what, what's going on here? <laughs> I'm glad Devontae Smith was back. That's great. It's huge. AJ Brown question mark. Uh, Jalen not throwing a ball question mark. Mm-hmm. I, I mean you can't. You can't just turn this stuff back on. I'm I'm still worried. Baker ankle, Baker ribs. Mike Evans seems fine. Slay comes back from the meniscus thing, and, and you're going to put him on him? I, Mike I, Evans is maybe the only guy out there that I have it. confidence in, but because couldn't of Baker, it. I'm too nervous. Yeah, I've gotten, you know, like the Boston Celtics. I've gotten burned on Mike Evans in every way, mm-hmm. uh, not just in player props, but in fantasy there's just nothing. I've. I don't think I've ever won money betting on Mike Evans. Mike Evans? Never. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Anytime I bet Mike Evans props, does absolutely nothing. The and following then, week, and then you lay off. And he's ten up. for one sixty-seven yeah. and three yeah. scores. So it's a Chris Godwin game. If <sighs> yep. I bet yeah. Evans. The the thing about the thing about the Buccaneers is T, and I agree with you. Last week they won nine nothing. They should have lost that game. Right. There was a touchdown that went through the end zone. There was another one was called back. I think. I mean, that was that was messy. They can play a little defense, but if Baker is semi-right, I mean, again, how does Philadelphia turn it on? This is the best matchup. Yeah. And I do also, and this is why I'm sitting on a fence. Right, they can go on a run because they're good enough. Right. And but I kind of like the matchup. We haven't seen that in a month and a half. Yeah, I mean, the thing that sucks about the Dallas matchup is you have to go to Dallas, right? I yep. mean, you don't want nobody wants to play Dallas at home. They haven't lost the game, but. I could see Philadelphia having some some success. It just comes down to what's Jalen going to look like, how healthy he is. Like even against Tampa Bay, they blitzed him, I believe, like fifty seven percent of his dropbacks. No other that was the um only one other team blitzed him more than that. And he kind of struggled. He was thirteen to twenty one passing for only hundred and sixty eight yards and threw two interceptions. But man, like if he has a clean pocket in this game and then next week, if they get Dallas but I don't know, is he gonna have a clean pa- uh, pocket? Dallas is number one in pass rush win rate. And the Eagles' offensive line, that's been their strength the last two years. It hasn't been as good. I mean, a lot of those guys are just getting a little bit older. I don't trust Swift at all. Yeah. They're going to have to get a run bus game going. He was great at the beginning of the season, wasn't he? He was good last year, too. Yeah. I loved Swift last year for the Lions. And then you just you, you watch him, and you see these flashes, and you see these games, and then he just disappears and goes out and gets 50 yards rushing and yeah, doesn't and, really do anything in the pass game. And the thing that I think is interesting about him is I thought he was being you know misused and slandered and kind of hated on in Detroit. I was like, why would you give the ball so much to Jamal Williams? Like, Jamal Williams is a fine back, but you have you have DeAndre Swift. And then he goes to Philly, and I'm like, awesome spot for him to go. You know, they run the ball a lot. He's going to get a ton of opportunity. And then it kind of feels like the same exact thing. The trajectory is just down. Maybe there's something up with him where he gets, you know, the, he's losing confidence from the team. Yeah. Also, like, is Nick Sirianni any good? <laughs> it might have all been Shane Steichen. Could have been all Shane Steichen. Yeah, I mean, when the offense flipped, when it changed, remember, like, there was a whole side of the field that Jalen couldn't throw the ball to. Also, right. like, Jalen's spray chart, like, where he was throwing the ball last year, he was he was spraying it all over the field. This year, they don't throw in the middle of the field for some reason. Yeah, 
I mean, and maybe that was a lot of that was due to the Dallas Goddard injury. And it's just a completely different offense. I mean, everything, like I said, a hundred times was up tempo. They walked to the line of scrimmage, and uh, yeah. But I, I, I still feel like I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna end up betting them against Tampa. I wish I would have done it at two and a half. It might just be a money line play for me, but I'm probably gonna be on Philadelphia until they see San Francisco and just get absolutely torched again. Another big injury that does really matter this weekend, too. Denzel Ward had a knee injury today for the Browns. Wow. That's for a defense that we know is going to be what's... I mean, that listen, as, as great as Joe Flacco's been just getting thrown into the mix late in the season, we know the Browns' defense. That's the number one defense in the NFL right there. To not have Denzel Ward is going to be a massive loss for them. So, And right now, I mean, they're saying, like, it, he's lit, you know, there's... Ward was limited in practice but offered no other details to that. That's all we know. So when you list him as questionable, he's not really practicing much, and you talk about a knee, that's like a le- that's not one of those like questionable plays. That's like a legit questionable, like really could not be out there for the Browns. Big loss. Yeah, yeah. that's a huge loss. Yeah, and I, I like the over in the game. The only thing that scares me a little bit is Houston in this game, actually, because down to down, even on the road, Cleveland's so damn good on standard downs. You could only hit him with explosive plays, and like you said, T, like, I'm trying to figure out how does how does Houston get the explosive plays, right? Because C.J. Stroud struggles against man. Nobody plays mm-hmm. more man defense than the Cleveland Browns. He's awesome against cover three. He's awesome against zone coverage. But, um, yeah, like the Browns, they give up explosive. I just don't know who's, who's going to be that guy. Robert Woods is probably going to try to play in this game. Mm-hmm. Nico Collins, I know you said. Man, I wish they had Tank Dell healthy in this matchup. For sure, man. it would change you know? everything. Yeah. And then the other thing is Stroud... He's great when he's not pressured, like most young quarterbacks. But when he's pressured, quarterback number 48 in the league. Wow. And the Browns, number two in pass rush win rate. So I think Cleveland's going to have success on the offensive side of the ball because the Texans' secondary is beat up. And also, how healthy is Will Anderson? He only played 31 snaps week eight. And one of the things, though, that I think is really interesting, and I still do like the over, I really do, but I'm a little bit curious because... You know, the Texans are really good pass rush win rate as well. I think they're number three in the league. So how does Joe Flacco, the the statue of Joe Flacco, pick apart this defense uh, as they're coming for that ass? You know one storyline that didn't pop in my head? This is the Deshaun Watson Bowl. This should it be is. the Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. Bowl. I didn't even think about that. I kind of forget all about Deshaun. I, I think everybody does. <laughs> Except for the Browns fans because they owe him another hundred and something million dollars. No, but they got Flacco, record. man. They're not even paying attention to Deshaun Watson now. Maybe Until Joe Flacco's the starter you. next year. No, he's back. He's coming back next year. He's going to need some, like, uh, what is it, spinning blood? Some PRP? Oh, the PRP, Like yeah. Kobe used to do. Hey, that stuff he, like, works. lives in a cryogenic freezer for the next, like, <laughs> six months. <laughs> Sleeping in a hyperbaric chamber. No doubt. Getting some cryo treatment, some PC... No, I was going to say PCP. Don't want PCP. No, you don't want that's that. De- that's definitely not going to help Definitely not before a, play- a playoff <laughs> game, at least. Uh, good I think, news for the, good I think news the for center the, for the Raiders did that a couple lot, years yeah. ago and didn't show up for the game. Wait, what? Oh, I remember. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that actually was a story, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, no, yeah. that was real. I yeah. remember that. Guys, sometimes they go out before the game and they and they get themselves. Kerry Collins. About, talking about Barrett Robbins. Barrett, yeah, Barrett Robbins. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And that Kerry was, Collins. That was the Raiders Tampa Bay Super Bowl in San Diego. Yeah. yeah There's a lot of stuff going on then. A lot yeah. of stuff going yeah. on. Kerry look Collins up, had, a, Wilson had a little bit too much fun too. when the Giants were in the Super Bowl. You guys remember that? Yes. It's like yeah. when uh, my former colleague, Caleb, uh, interviewed, um, interviewed a couple of players and he was like, do you ever think to yourself, like, I should not be this high right now. <laughs> it's a valid question to ask, if yeah. we're being honest here. Sam Laporta might be playing, though. That's good news Oh, that's for great the news. They're saying now if he plays, it's going to be with an e-brace. Uh, I mean, they're giving it a chance, you know. That's that's as far as it goes. We're still at the point now where we don't 
Obviously, we have Saturday games, so you're going to kind of get a little more information. Tomorrow's a really big day for a lot of players practicing. If you see players yeah. out on a Friday, even with, you know, whether it's Saturday or Sunday games, there's a very good chance that they are not playing in that game on whether it's Saturday, Sunday, or even Monday. I got to be honest, I don't think Sam Laporta plays, guys. Me neither. It looked really bad. And yeah. what the hell were they doing? Khalif Raymond also got hurt mm-hmm. in that game. And I got, like, I understood, and I'm not just saying this because I bet the Vikings. I thought, okay, you play your starters for the first quarter because you don't get the bye. You don't, you don't, you don't they want played any, them all game. You don't long. want any rust. Yeah, in the fourth quarter, they were still out there. Jared Goff was talking about like getting guys their incentives and stuff. Um, See, these guys pay attention to though. It matters, you know, <laughs> for sure. They want to go out there and get that two fifty or dude, half a million or whatever. They haven't won. Okay, so they haven't won the division since nineteen ninety two. I saw the last time literally they won the division. Nirvana was on tour. <laughs> Kurt Cobain was alive. Nirvana was on tour. Last time they won a playoff game was 1991. I was five years old. What the hell are you doing? You're hosting a playoff game, a winnable game. You rest everybody right after the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Instead, you get Sam Laporta hurt. And why that sucks, he would be a nightmare matchup yes. in this game for the Rams. The Rams could not defend tight ends. He would have ate in this game. I would have been all over the props. But, you know, and I never root for injury. And I kind of feel bad cheering against Detroit, even as a Green Bay fan. Because that fan base, they don't they don't really annoy me. And they deserve nice things. Yeah, Minnesota, to hell with you guys. Anything. Chicago, screw you. Even though, like, I love you and Pertillo's. Yeah, Lions, Lions fans are some of the best fans out there. Yeah, yeah. I know, like, three of them. One of them is Joey Kanish, and I, I cheer for him to have good things. So, uh, But I am not cheering for them this week because I like the Rams this year, yes. guys. And if anybody's going to knock off the Niners, I think it would be the Rams. And I don't really want to see San Francisco in the Super Bowl unless they play the Bills and I get that exact matchup. 49ers-Ravens. I need that matchup, actually. So you and I are going to be on different pages when it comes to that. Yeah, I, it's the Lions fans have had absolutely nothing. I mean, they've suffered really more than any other fan base in the NFL. I want Dallas-Buffalo so bad. I want to feel eight years old again. I want that <laughs> Super Bowl. So do I. Like That'd be so great. Yeah. I, I have, like, this love-hate relationship with Mike McCarthy. I love him as a person. I think he's a big goof. I don't know how good he is anymore, but he used to be pretty damn good, at least as a play caller and a quarterback coach. He's, um, but I hate when he coaches my team. You know, that's not cool. Yeah. But yeah or I, my team. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, I, I would love to see him win another Super Bowl. He gets another one and Rodgers doesn't. You know, I like seeing Brady get one and Bill not, because Bill was such a Same. crab ass and I love Brady. I would like to see McCarthy... Get one, and Rodgers never win another one almost now. He won't ever win another one. Well, no, he's cooked. Yeah. He's too worried about other things. <sighs> yeah, the Aaron Rodgers saga he's continues. In the woods, though. I think they've stopped, the the, they stopped that interview for the season. No, right? he popped on today. Oh, did he? Yeah. <laughs> I completely missed it today. I think they said he was done for the year, and then all of a sudden he okay. was on there again. Saban retiring was the reason. Yeah. Because uh, he was course. the last thing he saw. It's Pet MGM the night. Ryan, Trista, and Nick are back on BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Well, maybe Lakers-Suns will save the NBA tonight. Well, never mind. Now it's a double-digit spread there, too. Suns up 10, 44-34. Just an awful night. I saw a clip of the actual like transition they had that Ernie Johnson did from... When they uh, when TNT basically pulled away from Celtics Bucks, she's like, "Well, this game's getting out of hand, so we're gonna go over here." Oh, just kidding, we're gonna go to Knicks Mavs, but that's a blowout too. Like they're basically just—I mean, it's just everything across the board tonight in the NBA has been absolutely just unwatchable. Really, the best game might have been Cleveland Brooklyn in Paris today. The Cavs won by nine. Thank God I didn't bet much tonight. I bet a couple things in that game, and that's it. And those hit. 
Yeah, That's at least it. that was a nine point game, like yeah. you said. 111, 102. Bucks win by 33. OKC won by 100. And the Mavs are up 111, 93. Lakers did just cut it. Well, nope, nope, you're right. 10 point game. I still think the Lakers will make that a game, though. Second second game on TNT, that should probably be close. So you have Durant, you have Beal, and you have. Well, that's pretty much it. Yeah. You have De- oh, yeah, Devin Booker. So you do have all three out there tonight. Like, you really have to go game by game. Because any given moment, one of them can be out for Phoenix. Yeah. And it's like last minute, too, where it's like Bradley Beal tripped over his shoelaces in the locker room pregame listening to music. He's now going to miss two weeks. Like, where did this come from? Yeah, I like the Lakers in this spot, mostly because Phoenix against the spread is, I think, top, uh, bottom five in the league. Like, I think it's, uh, I think, fourth worst against the spread. So Lakers need this game. Probably the refs give them this game. Uh, yeah, so I I don't I'm not having taken anything in this game obviously because I hate both teams. They're, yeah, they're both very inconsistent. So just a good spot to stay away. Actually, second worst, thirteen twenty three and one against the spread. Did you know that about Phoenix? Yeah, they've been terrible, man. Terrible, thirteen twenty three and one. Only team worse is Atlanta at nine and twenty seven. Oh God, and they've been a huge disappointment. Not that like anybody had expectations other than me. I, I thought they could be like a forty six win team this season, and uh, no, that's not going to happen. I think they should move on from Trey Young. Everyone, but I'm shocked with Phoenix to be honest with you guys. Like I didn't expect the regular season really to matter for them or all three guys to be out there every night. But they're a game above five hundred. They're nineteen and eighteen this season. What's more surprising? That or the Lakers, 500, 19 and 19 this season. Despite being 13 and 6 at home, they can't Lakers. win on the road. You think Lakers are more of a surprise? Yeah, I thought it was like, oh, they went to the Western Conference Finals. They brought everybody back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of like Atlanta. Yeah. Like, so yeah. Atlanta goes to the Eastern Conference Finals. They bring everybody back. They re sign guys. And you're like, oh, well, this is a young team continuing to grow. Uh, maybe they'll be able to, like, progress from this and build on it. And what That's what I for, thought about the Lakers. Yeah, and what sucks for the Lakers is like they probably have to make a move, but they can't make a move because who are you going to give up? Yeah, you other know? than like Anthony Davis, right? But other than a guy that you can't give. Yeah, yeah, you know other what than I mean? you know, I don't know, just one of your franchise pinnacles. What if LeBron asks for a trade, guys, to the Miami Heat? That'd be awesome. And then well, he's on an son. expiring. Yeah, so he'll be a free agent this yeah. summer if he wants to be. I think he has a player option. Yeah. That would be interesting to see if he even picks up. What? When, when? When is the deadline for them to pick up options? Uh, I think right in the middle of July. Yeah, so it's like right as you get there. So we're going to be dragging that out until that point. Mm-hmm. Huh. We haven't actually, it's actually been kind of quiet on that front. I feel like that's going to be something that's going to pick up more steam as the season goes on. Uh, did you see this too? We're, you know, we're talking about all these guys transferring. This guy, Casey Thompson, this quarterback that's now going to be on his fourth school. Yeah, he's been in, in college football for like 55 years. years that's dude. insane. So he was at Texas and Nebraska and FAU. Yeah. And now he's going to play for his fourth team going to Oklahoma. He's going to be 26. Yeah, with all due respect, I hate him. <laughs> um, because I actually I liked FAU coming into the season, dude. They made the Tom Herman hire. Their win total, I believe, was seven. I bet the over, thinking like, okay, Casey Thompson's 25 years old. He knows the offense. And uh, turns out... Even though him and Tom Herman know each other very well, uh, he didn't know the offense, and he got hurt, like, right away. But some of these guys, I get it. I mean, because you could continue to make money. Mm-hmm. But, man, like, at what point do you just decide, like, hey, I got to get a real job? Here? At what point do you, are you also no longer eligible? No. He keeps yeah. getting eligibility. That's the best part. Yeah, yeah. He's I a see. graduate student, and then he just continues to keep on playing. But, you know, remember, like, for example, I was on Twitter just now, and I was looking at, you know, Oregon everything, obviously. Right. Because <laughs> it's just, like, maybe one of the greatest days of my Oregon life is, like, right now. And I saw Joey Harrington tweet about uh, 
Dan Lanning and Oregon in general. And I thought to myself, like, that's a guy who's an Oregon man. Because why? He was a staple there. What are these kids now? Who are they going to, in 20 years, root for? Who are they going to support? Do they even have teams that they care about at all when you've gone to three schools, four schools for one year each? Do you have any allegiance whatsoever? Is there an alumni event that you ever attend? Yeah. Probably like, wherever you graduate, yeah, I guess. Or you just go to all of them. This way you get to spread it out a little bit. You make lots of friends, and you can go back everywhere. And they'll all love you everywhere. How about that? It's the opposite. That's so strange. I know. It is. It's just... And it's never... It's going to all... I mean, I guess they can come up with some ways to kind of regulate this more. And and I think they will in terms of NIL deals and, and even transferring. I think the NCAA is going to try to step in and do something. But you're not going to be able to fully eliminate this forever. And again, I think... As long as you keep it within reason and stuff yeah. starting to get stretched out, it's good for college football. Yeah. But we do have the limits where, again, you got a guy playing for his fourth team in seven years in college football. That's a bit much. Right. And, and it's not only, and it's not just Casey Thompson either. It's like every year there's like three of these guys. There's Keaton Slovis, who's like 42 oh, years God. old. Oh, my God. He's played for half of the NCAA, uh, half of college football. JT Daniels has been the quarterback like everywhere. A couple yep. of years Is ago. Is he still in college? Yeah, he's at Rice. <laughs> JT Daniels is at Rice? Yeah, remember a couple years ago yes. when he was like had the second best odds to win Heisman? Yes. Yeah, he's at Rice now. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Keaton Slovis is legitimately like 52 years old, though. I thought it was weird when Chris Winkie was at Florida State and they won the national championship. My cousin was there, and I went to visit, and he's like, yeah, our quarterback's 29. I was like, are you kidding me? And he really was. He was. When he got drafted by the Carolina Panthers, he was 30 years old. That's nuts. It's, it's like yeah. unnecessary roughness, you know, <laughs> like Scott Bakula coming back to play quarterback. It's college football. I think it's the best sport in the world. It's so silly. I'm actually more excited about next season than I've ever been about college Me football. Me too. I love it. Me too. I didn't think I would be. And I thought today I, I woke up and I went on a very long walk, found a new path. I got a text message from PJ. I thought it was him going to be wishing me a condolence <laughs> as well as celebrating my demise. And it was, no, him congratulating Dan Lanning for staying in Oregon and him feeling sad. And you know what? I am more confident that Oregon is going to be a real contender. I might jump on the 10-1 to to win the national championship because if Harbaugh goes, who do you really trust in the Big Ten other than Oregon? Uh, nobody, to be honest with right? you, because I... Don't trust mm, Ohio State? No, no, mm. I mean, I like what they're doing with the running game, man. They have, like, every good running back in college football, but they also um, replace Kyle McCord with Will Howard. It's right. like the Spider-Man meme. It's, like, literally the same dude. No, I like Oregon, especially, like, when you look at the schedule, too. I Schedule is nice. I, and I think that they translate well going over to the Big Ten, too, right? They're always going to have a top-five offensive line. Um, they're pretty damn good in the trenches, and you uh, don't... I mean, replacing Bo Nix sucks, but if you're going to replace Bo Nix, you replace him with a guy like Dylan Gabriel. You play Oregon State in Corvallis early on in the season. Obviously, winnable game. That's the time of the year you want to play them. Yeah. You play Michigan State at home. I don't really care about Michigan State. UCLA, I don't care about at all. You play Ohio State in Eugene. That's a massive, massive home field advantage. Purdue, Illinois, do not care. It's Michigan. Michigan at Ann Arbor, November 2nd. I will need to attend. That's the one. And then Washington at home, uh, November 30th, last game of the year. I don't think Washington's going to be very good unless they figure out the transfer portal 
in a big way, like right away, because like you said, all those super seniors are gone. So yeah. it's really one game that you have to worry about. No, I mean, I agree with you, too. Okay, so Michigan's on the road, like you said. That'll be tough. You get Ohio State at home. The other tough game, maybe like sneaky tough game. If Wisconsin? Luke, yeah, if Luke yeah. Fickle gets it together year two. I thought that, too. Yeah. Because Madison's a tough play. Camp Randall, very tough place to play. Yeah, yeah. So if they figure out how to run this new run-and-shoot offense, the Phil Longo offense, because that was the problem this year is, uh, like... I mean, they tried to they, they they tried to like bring in Tanner Mordecai. That offense just really wasn't for him. I mean, they're still a running offense. You know, Braylon Allen was awesome. So it was an sure. unwatchable offense with him. Yeah, it was. It Honestly, really was. until the bowl game, it was just nonsense. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that could be a sneaky game. Yeah, I'm excited though. I'm excited for this college football season. Everything's going to be so much different though. With with Texas and the mm-hmm. SEC, and it's going to be hard to get used to. Yeah, it really. All is. these new Big Ten schools, all these new SEC schools. I mean, it took me years to adjust to Maryland going to the Big Ten. So to see UCLA and USC in the Big Ten, I feel like Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC is a little bit easier to adjust to. But all these Pac-12 teams going to the Big Ten, that's going to just feel weird for a long time. I think Oklahoma, and I like Jackson Arnold, I think. I mean, he's he was a freshman. But I, I think that they might take a huge step back, even defensively. I mean, the first couple games of the season. But then when they started playing offenses with the Pulse, um, you know, they were kind of a letdown. Texas, I think, is going to be really damn good. The only thing they need to fix up, the secondary. Yeah. Because run defense, awesome. Um, but the only thing was the pass defense. Offensively, I don't think they skip a beat. Quinn Ewers is back. Even if he does go down, you have Arch Manning. If he stays, that'll be interesting. You I, trust I, Quinn Ewers? I don't love Quinn Ewers. Me either. Um, no, I don't trust him at all. I He has the arm talent, um, played pretty damn good against Alabama, but... Man, you watch that college football playoff game. Like, if he balled out in the playoff, I thought he was coming out. The fact that I he think has that's to go the back, reason why he comes back. Yeah. Well, it's a loaded quarterback class this year, and they're talking about J.J. McCarthy if he stays and Quinn Ewers being some of the top quarterback prospects, which, if that's the case, you definitely want to take a quarterback this year. And that's why, dude, if you're the Bears, like, what the, what the hell else do you do? I mean, I get if you're completely sold on Justin Fields. I don't know how you would be, though. He can't win games for you in the fourth quarter, and I yep. know win losses in a quarterback stat, and that offensive line's terrible. But against Green Bay, he held on to the ball way too long. He just never wins games at the end. And you have Caleb Williams and Drake May, and even Jaden Daniels there this year. Like, next year, if Justin Fields isn't the guy, now you've committed money to him. You you, wa- you wasted the number one pick. Like, what else do you do with that pick? Do you take a pass rusher? You don't really need one right now? And do you take Marvin Harrison? I don't think the drop-off is huge from him and Malik Neighbors. This is a really deep wide receiver class. Right. And I just don't think you take a wide receiver as a top three pick. As good as Jamar Chase is, he wasn't a top three pick. And as good as, like, all these guys are, look at what Green Bay does. You know, who the hell knew who Wicks was or Romeo Dobbs Mm -hmm. was or Christian Watson? If you have a quarterback... You know, then that Jaden Reed's been awesome too. Yeah, so I I, I think you got to go Caleb Williams or Drake May because if you need a quarterback next year, you're probably choosing from Quinn Ewers and JJ McCarthy. And I'm not sold on. We've been having this conversation about Justin Fields for years. This was supposed to be the prove it year. If you're not definitively 100% confirmed that he's your guy, you move on. And nobody should be 100% confirmed that Justin Fields is the guy. If they can't see the gift that they've been handed with that number one overall pick, it's organizational malpractice, and everybody, everybody should. Should be fired. Meanwhile, the Knicks are only down five to the Mavs with two minutes to go. Mike, stick come. around. Let's go, Knicks. Here they come. Overtime. To four run in the last four minutes. Overtime where dogs go to die. That includes the Mavericks. That's a foul. And now. That's offensive foul. How are they losing like this without Luka? You know, they're just running all over Jalen Brunson right now, pushing him around, not calling charges. 
He's got to get out. You know, get after. He's got Come 25 on, Jaylen. against his former Break team. Break this man, Josh Green, down. All right, we're back tomorrow on Football oh, Friday. Oh, and one. Bet MGM tonight. That's a wrap. Another show is in the books. We'll be right back here tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern for the next winning edition of Bet MGM Tonight, live from BetQL.